Welcome to the Such Things Podcast. I'm your host today, Lisa Lang. I'm here without my husband, and I'm actually recording this in my house without David, and he usually works all this technical stuff out himself. So if anything is technically off today, um, it's because I'm doing this without him, but uh, he did set it up for me. So I don't know if like volumes are okay. I don't really know. Um, He's also very sensitive to background noise and I am not. So if you hear any background noise on this podcast today, just know I did not hear it. So um, anyway, thank you for joining us today. Um, It's been, there's been a little bit of a pause here since we've, um, had a podcast out, at least um, with this series. Today, I'm doing uh, part three of Overcoming Insecurity, and I'm going to talk about low self-esteem. And um, I just myself got over COVID, and uh, my kids were quarantined, but nobody else in the family got sick, and um, I am all better now and back to normal. Thank the Lord. Um, so anyway, I'm ready to do this this uh, podcast for you, and uh, I hope for those of you that have been listening to the Overcoming Insecurity series, um, I hope this class is going to be helpful. Um, I wanted to do a class to talk about low self-esteem because I do think that it's different from insecurity, and I'm going to explain that um, a bit today. In this podcast, I want everyone to know that disclaimer, I am not a counselor. Um, So the things that I'm sharing today are just things that I have learned as a disciple of Jesus who struggles with insecurity, who can struggle with low self-esteem at times. Um, They're things that I have learned from the scriptures that I'm sharing with you. This is not um, psychological advice, um, although it may help you psychologically, but it is not psychological advice. And um, I definitely don't want um, any of this to take the place of counseling if your low self-esteem is so bad that you have thoughts of harming yourself. um, Please seek professional help. Um, So I want to say that. Low self-esteem can stem from abuse, and um, many times if that goes undealt with, uh, it can lead to a lot more problems later on in life, Um, and you may not even realize that that's what it stems from um, until you go for counseling. So just wanted to say that before we dive in here, Uh, but let's get started. Um, I believe that low self-esteem is different from insecurity. Um, because it doesn't have its root in pride. Um, I don't believe that people with low self-esteem necessarily want to be better than other people. Um, They just want to feel like they are worth something to themselves and to God. Um, But the two can get entangled, and I want to separate them out a bit today. Three things I want to discuss in overcoming low self-esteem. Um, The first thing is how to deal with the fact that you are a sinner and you see your flaws, um, but to not let that destroy you. And um, we'll talk about that. Second part is uh, learning to see yourself as God sees you according to his grace and his mercy and to accept his value of you in your life. Um, You have to learn this to be okay with 
number one, the fact that you're a sinner. So um, we'll talk about that. And then the third thing is learning how to recognize the voice of Satan telling you lies and learning how to decide to not listen to the devil's voice. Um, so I want to talk about that. That is that is a big a big factor um, in low self-esteem as well. Um, I do believe people with low self-esteem can tend to be very aware of their shortcomings, often too aware. Um, they end up feeling guilty often and even take the blame for things they don't need to, um, things that maybe aren't true about themselves. They see flaws that aren't there, and they listen to the devil's accusing voice about who they are. To overcome low self-esteem, we need to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Uh, so the first part I want to talk about is um, learning to accept the fact that you are a sinner with flaws. Hmm. Sorry for my sips of coffee, but as you can hear, my voice is a little scratchy. Uh, so I'm gonna have to take some some drinks of my coffee here and and water. Okay, first scripture, Romans 3, verse 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And then Romans 6. 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then one more scripture, Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, so these verses. According to these verses, we are sinners. We do have flaws and shortcomings. Every single one of us. Every human except Jesus. We are all responsible for Jesus' death on the cross and we do deserve death because of our sins. It is what our, our sins have earned us. They have earned us death. But when we have low self-esteem, these facts overwhelm us. We hear these scriptures and what we hear is all fall short. The wages of sin is death. Uh, we hear... Um, ungodly, <laughs> um, powerless. <laughs> we hear all the, the things that talk about how bad we are instead of hearing that combined with God's grace. But yes, this, this may be who we are, but this is not who God sees us as. Um, we are all too aware of our flaws and our shortcomings so much that they cripple us. And sometimes to cope with that, we might try to ignore our flaws and try to put confidence in things that we're good at. But then if we fail, we're, we are reminded of all of our flaws and enter a downward spiral of feeling bad about ourselves and defeated because of how sinful we are. God does want us to have conviction that we are sinners, and he does want us to see our sin. But why? 
Yes, so that we can repent of our sin, but that's not the only reason. He wants us to change, but the reason he wants us to change isn't because he wants us to try to be perfect. He wants us to change in response to the grace that he has already given us. Not grace we have to earn by doing what's right, but grace that he gave to us even at our worst moment. We are sinners who deserve death, but the scripture doesn't stop there. It goes hand in hand with the next line that we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus and that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Those who struggle with low self-esteem just might stop at the verse that says, I'm a sinner who has earned death. But when we stop there, we miss the point. The point is that God has given us his grace. He doesn't treat us as our sin deserve, deserves or repay us according to our iniquities, like Psalm 103 says. When we miss the grace of God, we are pushing away a gift that God is trying to give us. He doesn't want us to live that way, pushing away the good things that he tries to give us. Have you ever tried to give someone a compliment and they wouldn't accept it? Those of us with self, low self-esteem are probably the ones who wouldn't accept the compliment when it was when it was given. People have said to me, oh, you look so pretty today. And I would answer, oh, no, I don't. My hair looks bad and this outfit doesn't fit me right. And I have bags under my eyes and I did a poor job with my makeup. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? Um, it's really frustrating, honestly, to be on the other end of that when you're trying to encourage someone and they won't accept your encouragement. Um, or like when you try to pay the check for a meal out of generosity in your heart and the other per person like refuses to let you um, serve them in that way. God is trying to pay the check for you. So stop refusing. God is trying to give us a gift. Yes, a gift we don't deserve, but he wants to give it to us anyway because he is our father and he loves us. But when we don't accept his grace, we are pushing him away and we will never have the joy in Christ that God wants us to experience. You are a sinner, but God sent his son to die for you so that you wouldn't have to be accused by that fact every day of your life. So how do we live then, knowing that we are sinners, knowing that we have flaws, without letting it totally crush and destroy us? Well, I do believe that understanding that we are, that we are sinners um, goes hand in hand with accepting God's grace. And to understand this better, I want to look at Paul's example. Um, okay, so my second point, uh, we need to understand how God sees us through his grace. So let's talk about Paul. And we're going to look at a couple of um, passages that Paul wrote here. Paul did a lot of bad things in his life before he was a disciple. He was guilty of the murder of innocent people, God's people. And honestly, it seems to me like an impossible task to be able to overcome that and live with yourself. But what I see in Paul's example is a man who became even more aware of his sin as his life went on. And with that, his understanding of God's grace in his life grew. 
So we're going to look at a few a few verses here. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 through 11, Paul calls himself the least of the apostles. He says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. Okay, then in Ephesians 3, verse 7 and 8, he calls himself the least of God's people. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Okay, then in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 through 16, Sorry, I sipped my coffee there. Paul calls himself the worst of sinners. Let's read that. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with a faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Okay, so from what I've learned, these passages I just read to you are in chronological order. Paul wrote the first as a younger man, identifying self, himself as the least of the apostles. As a more mature man, he identifies himself as the least of all of God's people. And then closer to the end of his life, he identifies himself as the worst of sinners. He became more and more aware of his sin as he got older and he grew in his maturity. But did he become more insecure? Did he have low self-esteem about himself because of that? Did that knowledge make him doubt himself, hold back, become overwhelmed with guilt and shame? No. This knowledge actually made him more aware of his need for God's grace and gave him deeper understanding of the depth of God's grace in his life. He saw that God used him time and time again to help people. But the more he saw his sin and his flaws, the more God used him, not less, <laughs> more. Um, the only way this made sense to Paul is that God must be incredibly merciful to use someone like him. Um, and the weaker Paul was, the more God's glory could be shown through him. Um, because anything good about Paul came from God and not from his own strength. And the, tr- the, the same is true about us. You know, what we got from our own strength was death. That's what we earned from our own strength. But God's strength has resulted in victory for God and his people. 
Now there's some similarities in the verses that we just read. I'm not gonna totally um, read them all again for sake of time, but in 1 Corinthians 15, verse nine through 11, um, he uses this phrase, um, you know, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Um, this phrase, I do not deserve, is a phrase that those of us with low self-esteem are all too familiar with. But in some ways it's true. I mean, we don't, we don't deserve God's gifts. Um, we haven't, we haven't, you know, done anything to deserve them. They're, they're just gifts he freely gives us. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't accept them. We don't accept his gifts because we are deserving. We accept them because God loves us and it's pleasing to him if we accept his gifts. Um, now, Paul also says here, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Meaning, all the good things he has done have been by God's grace. He says his grace to me was not without effect. God's grace to us needs to have an effect in your life. It needs to motivate us to work hard for God with full confidence, not out of insecurity, not out of low self-esteem, but in confidence like we see that Paul had. Paul worked hard in confidence because he didn't doubt that God wanted to use him. He didn't doubt it because he saw that God used him even though he had tremendous weakness. Do you see the ways that God has used you even though you are a sinner? Think about that for a minute. Let's look at the next uh, verse and some similarities in, in that verse. Um, <clears throat> Ephesians 3, verse 7 and 8. Um, Paul says here that he became a servant of the gospel through the gift of God's grace. That means it was something he didn't earn or deserve, but God gave it to him through his power because Paul had weaknesses. And even through his weakness, God used him because God is gracious. Okay, now in 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 12 through 16, um, Paul talks about um, that is that God's grace was poured out abundantly on him. Um, he says that he was the worst of sinners, um, but God's mercy was shown in him. God had an opportunity to show his immense patience through Paul because he was such a sinner. Honestly, it makes me think that the, you know, if you've done some really terrible things in your life, you know, God's probably going to use you even more than someone that maybe hasn't done all those terrible things. <laughs> Although really when it comes down to it, all of us have have a lot of sin. Um, those of us that think we don't just don't realize it. Um, but that's not the crowd I'm talking to today. Uh, I think everybody listening here is probably pretty aware of their sin. Um, but God's grace was poured out abundantly on Paul. Um, Paul calls himself the worst of sinners, yet he was confident because he knew that God saw him according to his mercy. He didn't put confidence in his flesh, but instead 
He put his confidence in God and in God's strength and mercy. Paul didn't allow his knowledge of the depth of his sin to make him feel defeated and bad about himself. Instead, he saw it as an opportunity for God to show how immense his grace is. And this is the attitude we need to adopt when we have low self-esteem. We need to learn to see ourselves, learn to see our weaknesses as an opportunity as an opportunity for God to show his mercy, his grace, and his power. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, um, the scripture says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Is God's grace sufficient for you? So how does God see you? How does he see me? Isaiah 43, verse 4. This is one of my favorite verses, and if you are a person that struggles with low self-esteem, memorize this verse. And you probably already have, but if you haven't, Isaiah 43, verse 4. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. I have clung to that verse so many times in my walk with God. It is a powerful verse, and it's the truth about how God feels about you. God sees you through the eyes of mercy, and He loves you and thinks you're precious and honored. And He has given people in exchange for you. He has given Jesus in exchange for you. Psalm 103, verse 8 through 14. This is another verse that you need to meditate on and possibly memorize if you struggle with low self-esteem. Psalm 103, verse 8 through 14. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Wow, those are some powerful, powerful words. God does not treat us as our sins deserve. He doesn't repay us according to our our iniquities, our shortcomings, our, our flaws. He has removed your sin from you, and He has compassion on you because He knows that you're weak. He knows all of us are just dust. We need to me- meditate and memorize these verses until we believe them, until we read these and believe that it's true about us about you, not just about all of God's people generically, but about you. And this is the part that I would, you know, say names. This is true about you, Kathy. This is true about you, Cynthia. (laughs) 
like the show I watched when I was a little girl and I'd wait for them to say my name at the end. They would look in this, it was called the, the Magic Garden and they'd look in the magic mirror and they'd say, I see all the kids watching us today. And they'd say kids' names and I'd wait for them to say Lisa. And I feel like they never said Lisa. But um, anyway, I'm not gonna say a bunch of names, but you, sister in Christ, you, brother in Christ, do you believe that this is true about you when you read this verse? Um, you know, I think that those of us with low self-esteem have had a negative dialogue running in our brains too much that we have listened to. And that's why it's hard to believe verses like that. Um, you have to retrain your brain, your thoughts with God's words and decide to listen to God's words and believe them instead of the negative dialogue running in your brain. Um, but sometimes it's hard to know if the voice in our head is from God or from the devil. Um, and I'm going to explain that. So how do we how do we figure that out, okay? The third third thing I'm going to talk about here is that we need to learn to decipher God's voice from Satan's. So the first thing is that God speaks only the truth. Satan's language is lies. That's his native tongue. In John 8 verse 44 through 47 it says talking about the devil, it says, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Um, okay. So the devil is the father of lies. We need to hear what God says and stop listening to the voice of Satan. When God tells us the truth, why don't we believe him? We just read Isaiah 43 says we're precious and honored in his sight and that he loves us. Why is it hard sometimes for us to believe that? Psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we know from, if you've listened to some of the, the other um, podcasts on insecurity, we know from the Garden of Eden that God's creation is good. God made you to be good. And even now we are good because we are clothed with Christ. We are clean and we are righteous before him. If we have been baptized into the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, we are clean, redeemed of our sins, washed clean, seen like Jesus. But when we have low self-esteem, we have trouble believing these things, things like that we're special to God and we're valuable to him. But we also tend to believe lies. Um, and sometimes it isn't obvious when we're believing lies. God wants us to be aware of our sin so that we can repent. Um, but I do think when we have low self-esteem, that low self-esteem can lead us to draw conclusions about ourselves that aren't true based on things that may have been true from the start. Like we take something that might be true about something that we struggle with or our sinful nature, but then we make draw conclusions about ourselves that aren't true. Um, and I'm going to explain that. For example, I recently became, became aware of um, some sin in my heart that I've seen there before, but I, I've seen it deeper. 
Um, I have a sense of pride called entitlement. Um, I can think that I deserve to have things in life go smoothly for me. Um, and, you know, I'll give some little piddly examples like, you, you know, it, a lot of this comes out in little everyday annoying things for me. Um, like when I drive, <laughs> I'll get mad when there's traffic because for some reason I think, well, when I drive on the road, there shouldn't be traffic. I should hit all the lights. They should all be green for me. And why is this person driving so slow in front of me? And I can just get mad as if, you know, well, I'm driving on the road right now. Why does everybody else have to be out here? Um, I can get irritated that there's crowds at stores when I go. Like, why does everybody else have to be here shopping when I'm shopping? And why does there have to be a huge line when I'm trying to check out? Um, if things don't go my way, I can get grumpy. I can complain, even to my children. Um, oh, I hate this store. It's so it's so crowded. Oh, why do all these people have to be here? And I just get in a bad mood. Um, recently, I've become very convicted by the fact that I can be this way. And I don't like this about myself. I don't want to be this way. I, I, I don't. Um, but what I will do is okay, I admit that I'm this way, I need to repent, but then I hear the voice of Satan wanting to accuse me with thoughts like, yeah, Lisa, you are entitled. Psh, who do you think you are that things should go so smoothly for you? You're a terrible person. And honestly, you're really difficult to be around. I bet a lot of people don't like you because you are that way. And there are probably a lot of people who see that in you and they never told you. But honestly, they can't stand that you are that way and they find you really annoying. You are setting a terrible example for your children and you are an awful mother. And honestly, you should probably hate yourself that you're this way. And honestly, after this train of thoughts, okay, that was my, that was my, my thought train, okay? And I I'm sure that you listening can hear the voice of the devil in that, okay? But honestly, after this train of thoughts, I actually thought to myself, boy, I hate myself. I, I hate myself. Like, I'm a really terrible, awful person. Who would want to be around me? Now, that thought is not what God wanted me to think. God does not want me to hate myself, and he does not want me to think that nobody in my life wants to be around me. I do think that what God wanted me to see was that this is something that's in my character, that I need to change, but he wants me to grow, to recognize it, to accept his grace, and to change. But the devil wants me to be defeated by this in my character. And he wants me to become so overwhelmed by it that I think I can't change. And that's exactly what we will do if we just stay in that place of, well, I'm terrible, everybody hates me, and I'm so far gone that what, what can I do? There's, there's no hope for me. And honestly, I have seen many people in my life walk away from God because they become so overwhelmed with their sin, thinking that they can't change and listening to the accusing voice of the devil. And the devil has pulled people away from God because of this. Don't give in to the devil. Don't give in to his voice. God gives us forgiveness, mercy, and strength. Satan is the one that, make us, that makes us accused, guilty, and defeated.
If you are feeling accused, if you are feeling guilty, if you are feeling defeated, you are listening to the voice of the devil. God is not making you feel that way. That is not the Lord. So we need to learn to filter out the voice of Satan. I can take captive the thoughts that are ungodly without throwing away the conviction that I have from the Holy Spirit about my sinful nature. This is something that I need to change my character. I do need to stop being entitled. I do need to stop being grumpy when things don't go my way. I do need to stop complaining to my children. But I don't need to feel guilty and accused and terrible about my value as a human being and my value to God as I try to work on this and change. If you don't know what is the voice of Satan and what is the voice of God, measure your thoughts by the scriptures. I suggest having an arsenal of scriptures on hand that reinforce God's love for you, that reinforce his his love, his grace, his mercy, his protection. And the scriptures are full of, of verses like that, especially the Psalms. They are so emotive. Um, I love the Psalms. And uh, don't let anybody tell you that you can't learn a lot from the Psalms. You can learn so much from the Psalms. They're not light and fluffy and froofy. Um, Especially people that struggle with low self-esteem need the Psalms. But honestly, everybody needs the Psalms. They're, they're emotive. They will teach you how to pray. There is so much. I could do a whole podcast, several podcasts on the Psalms. And maybe we will one day. But anyway, um, read the Psalms. Um, read verses like the ones I just gave you, Isaiah 43 and Psalm 103. Read them daily until you memorize them and start to believe them. When accusing thoughts enter your mind, read or recite these scriptures and train your mind to think differently. And if you really can't sort out what is true and what isn't, then you need to ask a friend for help. Share your thoughts with a friend and see if they can help you sort it out. I bet all of you listening to this podcast, when you heard my crazy train of thoughts, were like, oh, so clear that's the devil because you were listening to me share it with you. And you could figure that out. But sometimes when we say those things about ourselves, can't really quite figure it out. And we need a friend to talk to, to say, hey, am I crazy? Should I be thinking this way? And they'll be like, yeah, no, you shouldn't be thinking that way. That's the devil. That's not true. I like you. I'm your friend. I I don't think you're annoying. And th- you know, we sometimes we just need someone to encourage us. Um, so if you can't sort it out, talk to a friend. Um, but definitely pray, 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 and ask God to speak to you through the scriptures. Some of us have been verbally or physically abused. This can cause patterns of negative thinking to develop in our brains that are deep and they are hard to overcome. If you have been abused and you have never received any counseling from a professional, I recommend that you seek that out. Some patterns of negative thinking are hard to overcome and change without the help of a professional that can give you tools. And if you have ever had thoughts of harming yourself, please seek professional help. I believe God works through psychology. I have been through counseling myself and it has done so much good for me, even in teaching me to retrain my brain. So I want to conclude here. Um, I really believe that low self-esteem is something 
that we can overcome. You really can change the way you see yourself, but it begins with accepting that you do have flaws. But those flaws don't have to defeat and destroy you. You can learn to see yourself through God's eyes. He is full of more grace and love than we can even understand. And He wants to use you, flaws and all. But we need to train our brains to hear the voice of God louder than the voice of Satan. And we need to take those words of Satan in our heads captive and replace them with words from God. The word of God teaches us how God feels about us. And we need to learn to listen to him and to believe him. You can change the way you see yourself. Don't be faithless about that. You can. God doesn't want you to live accused, guilty, and unhappy with the person he made you to be. He made you beautiful, and he made you to reflect his glory. I pray that you can learn how to see yourself through his eyes and have true confidence in him. Thanks for joining me today. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope this has given you some tools to overcome your own struggles with low self-esteem. Um, and please join us. Again, uh, David will be back with me for the next podcast. We're going to wrap up our, our thoughts on um, this series of uh, overcoming insecurity. And uh, hopefully this has been helpful to you. Thanks. Have a great day. I will praise the Lord today, for He is all my hope and stay. A God is good, His name is great. Hallelujah.